0: one of the things i think that's actually subversive is our use of social media the social the goals the implicit goals in social media is viral clips right and and i do that sometimes i put up funny stuff and i'm like oh this is it's just purely funny stuff right that i hope people share with other people bring right. some joy and stuff like that but what we're trying to do the subversive is not go viral we're trying to create community among a specific group of people
1: Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. Uh, my name is Aaron, and I am one of your co-hosts. Not joined by the other co-host, Nils Smith, uh, but I am really excited to be recording this podcast. That, to be honest, is long overdue. Uh, my, let me—I'm I'm even trying to figure out how to open this up because this is this is a meaningful moment uh, for me. Um, I'll, before I say his name, I'm going to give a little backstory. I uh, grew up in the church uh, with a distance, uh, with myself from the church football sat in the middle of, uh, myself and Jesus in the church. Uh, but this man walked beside me, uh, my whole life, uh, since I probably since high school, at least. Um, and, uh, and, at the end of my college career, when I wasn't sure what I was going to do, I did not go to school to get into ministry. Uh, He invited me into ministry. And so the reason that I'm sitting here interviewing him now today uh, and giving practical tips to you guys, as you clunk your way through uh, social media and figure out what this new world looks like and digital evangelism. uh, It is because of this man right here. And I'm just really excited to interview him today. This is long overdue. Uh, This guy's name is James Carmichael reverend. Is it reverend? Pastor, I think you put Reverend on your, uh, on your list. Yes, it is. Yes. (laughs) Reverend James Carmichael, uh, really excited to have James. And I also want to say this my first week. So James invited me into ministry, uh, the Grove church in Albany, Oregon. I was there for five years, my first five years of ministry. And within the first week of my ministry at the Grove, I found this podcast, the social media church podcast, his wife, Heather, uh, who is also on staff at the Grove, uh, literally googled social media church and this podcast popped up I also a fun fact uh, one of our listeners messaged me on uh, Facebook the other day and let me know that he uh, was looking for help in this area and googled the same thing and found this podcast so what was true uh, seven years ago eight years ago is still true today Uh, so James welcome to the podcast I'd just love for you to introduce yourself and a little bit about your context and, and what you do in Albany
0: thanks thanks Aaron uh, the key phrase in all of this is to remember that nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> so we're we're all googling stuff. That's right. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm I'm this lead pastor, the founding pastor of the Grove here in Albany, Oregon, and we are uh, an hour south of Portland, if people are familiar, or uh, four hours north of California, if yes. that is your only <laughs> reference point. <laughs> But I have two kids in high school, a senior and a freshman, and they're both uh, doing school from home. And uh, my wife is also in ministry and works for the church. Uh, She does worship and like our social justice initiatives uh, and those kinds of activities that we do in our community. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome to be here. I'm a listener and now I'm on it. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Which is which is what we want more and more.
0: Uh, And I say this is long overdue
1: because. Uh, a lot of our listeners start out uh, like where I was and where the Grove was, and in a lot of ways yep. still is, uh, needing, not having all of the resources to spend all of the time researching, practicing uh fidgeting around with these different facets of social media. And so uh, there are some of us that are resourced uh, within the church that have a little bit of that extra bandwidth to search in these areas and then bring helpful conversations back. And so, uh, Mm -hmm. but because that's a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners think that the only way to do this, and this was definitely a season in my ministry, uh, the only way to do this well, or to do this at all is to be able to hire an online pastor or which we just came out with a podcast on why you shouldn't hire an online pastor. Um, or (laughs) that you have to have X number of dollars in your budget to be able to do this. And so I really want to celebrate and highlight what the Grove and what, uh, the, yeah, the church and what James, through his leadership, has been able to do uh, in this season of the pandemic. Um, so yeah, I just want to open it up because James's church is not... Uh, I don't want to call it under-resourced, but it is much more attainable and much more easily to relate to than an Elevation or a Life Church or a Transformation yeah. Church or a hill Hillsong. Uh, it looks a lot more like you and I. Uh, and so I love hearing from James that innovation can still happen in the church. The role and the mission that God has called small or local churches mm-hmm. to play uh, within their cities is uh, just as attainable using digital strategies, which we've all had to adapt to in this season. So James, you kind of want to let everybody know maybe yeah. a little bit about the context pre-coronavirus, during coronavirus, and then we'll get into kind of where
0: we're going from there. Yeah, 100%. So we were meeting in a school cafeteria, and the school yes. cafeteria had like the worst internet in the world, right? It's like a dead spot in our town. It's known. My, my calls drop there all the time. So we ended up buying our own like a rocket pack so we could have our own Verizon signal to try to get something and we started streaming and all we did was set up a camera we bought a box to keep a camera in set it up and uh, plus plus play and had a computer there like it was the microphone on the camera, you know, but that kind of for us. The reason behind that for us is that innovation is one of our core values. And that had, like, we have never strayed from that. We're always trying to see what would happen if we did this. Uh, But part of that innovation means that we have to have freedom as one of our values. And so I didn't have anything to do with this. Like I, instead, there were young people in our church who were very interested in this and very passionate about it. And they, I just gave it to them and let them run with it. Right. And so was it like excellent or something I'd write home about? probably not the sound quality is wacky and the the screen was whatever you know right but everybody that was away from church in our church family if they were camping during the summer or something like that groups were turning it on on their tvs while they're camping because they wanted to have community they didn't want to have a killer video experience you know and so from that that's kind of what led into our thoughts as we began the pandemic we weren't looking for how can we have the most killer video experience? And so when like when the pandemic hit, we actually were kicked out of the school, obviously because everyone was. Yes. And so we moved into the double wide garage behind my house, <laughs> and we yes. uh, painted it <laughs> over a couple of weeks so it looked less dungeony on TV. We bought lights on like Home Depot, or well, we had to order them, and yes. so we just <laughs> hung these lights up. And we had like five people, all social distance inside of there and stuff. And and it was just, it was insane. And yes. <laughs> but we ran a long wire from the computer to my home modem, unplugged everything else so that we could run it through because anything else would start making it sketchy. Yes. And and we just kind of ran with it. And we had we uh, bought a Switch. So we'd had two cameras and we thought that we were the most innovative thing in the world. You know? <laughs> right. then, like, But we really were, not trying to be um we're trying to compete that doesn't make any sense because what like you mentioned elevation hillsong those churches are outstanding and their role is a lot broader global ish yes than ours is uh we are the grove church in albany oregon you know and so not albany new york yeah albany (laughs) oregon yeah yeah and i don't think one's better than the other it's just different roles. And uh, and we don't compete, and we don't try to measure ourselves against that, you know. But we are because we're creating a community, and that's really what what we saw. So we really actually started by focusing on the comment section. We weren't looking at hits and likes and all that kind of stuff, or how many people happen to watch yes. this for three seconds, you know. And uh, and we just kind of were like, how can we uh, help people feel less alone? Because I think that's a secondary pandemic that's happening in our culture, you know. That's right. Yes, so,
1: the loneliness. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And I, I think I just staying on this competition spot for a second. I've, yeah. I've really started actually I've felt this for a long time, but vocalizing it uh more. Um is the internet and online is way too big a space to be competitive. And frankly, even exactly. the physical world, it's way too big of a space uh for one church, one pastor, even, even the top 10, the top 50, it takes all of us, and particularly in a digital space um like youtube where there is endless 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 amounts of content we need as much gospel on there as possible and we could literally all be saying the same thing and in in a very strange way we are it's a very simple
0: message and it's (laughs) the hope of jesus um i'm not even interested in in local physical like physically local competition there's so many non-christians within 10 miles of our church of course like I'm, we need five more churches next door. That's <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs>
1: like, and all those pastors, some people want to hear it from James. Some people want to hear it from the pastor down the street. Yeah. Uh, and you could be saying the same thing, but it's that community piece. And that is yeah. what the church has always had to offer that we come alongside people. So uh, innovation. So you started putting um, value on the comment section. You started putting your services out yeah. there. What What kind of, we've been in it a year now. And just now in California, it's March early March, 2021. We're just now, I think Disneyland actually today announced that at the end of April, oh, yeah, we're going to uh, start being open again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, we've been at for about a year. What, what kind of happened as you really dove into the only way to do community in this season, which was online?
0: Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of, we started doing besides streaming Sunday morning, we started right away doing, we call them lunchtime live, And so every day at noon-ish, we hop online, five, 10 minutes, just some kind of encouragement, you know, uh, maybe like this week, I'm doing woman in the Bible for a woman's week, you know, and uh, uh, then we started doing some conversations as well. And then we started doing like uh, Tuesday nights with James, and we did that all through the summer. And we noticed that during the summertime, especially last year, that was, there was still a lot of high energy, people hadn't gone back into school. And, and like the drag of the pandemic hadn't hit people yet. So there's still yes. a lot of engagement. So we were really loading in for having discussions that people like discipleship discussions where people would grow in their faith, which we've uh, got feedback on that that was successful, but also doing that in a public square where someone could hop in and hear a, a reasonable explanation about different facets of Christianity, um, where they might be watching TV at home, they know me because our kids play sports together and they hop on Facebook. I pop up. Oh, I wonder what this guy's talking about, you know? So I tried to talk in ways that would explain it, uh, explain the different things that we were talking about. Uh, so that if someone was watching for five minutes, they could catch it, you know? Yes. And so there's some topics we were not appropriate for online. Like, right. Like, yes. But uh, but there was a lot of opportunity there for us to develop those conversations. We actually had, a person jump in. Eventually, we started having like a team in the comment section on Sunday yes. morning, right? Like a, a greeter team, you know, yes. and we actually had someone jump in that I knew from years ago, who uh, during the pandemic had recommitted their life to Jesus, wow. uh, because of lunchtime lunch. And, wow. and here, I'm thinking they're the least effective thing in the world, right? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm doing these silly five minute things. And just and and it's not a lot of churches do this and they're polished, right? And and right. mine was the least polished in the world. I would just, I had an idea of what I want to talk about, and then I would just talk about how I'm feeling and yeah. just talk to people in the comments and say, Oh, it's so cool to see you and stuff. And so we've actually seen people like transformed yes. by the community that's built, you know, and just by the like uh by the content that we created. And yes. and I the, the funny thing of me saying that is I'm the last guy who wants to be like, we need more content. We need more, you know what I mean? Like I'm, yes. I'm a regular dude, but uh, we've done something and instead of trying to be the most polished, we try to be authentic and create community, let people into our hearts and they've invited us into theirs. And more importantly, people have invited Jesus into their heart, you know, yes. way more yes. importantly which is why
1: we're doing any of this creating the quote-unquote content i am curious james because one of the things i've loved seeing is uh i know that there was a lot of things that you empowered me to do uh because they were less interesting to you and probably uh, at at a certain core level um they they weren't ah, this is riskier to say, but they weren't worth your time or maybe you were under the impression that there was time better spent doing something else, maybe having coffee with somebody or uh, whatever that may have been. So I'm curious to to a leader, I don't think that we need to convince people anymore that community can be built online, but maybe as the world starts to open back up, um, what would you say to somebody that maybe is still wrestling with, gosh, I feel like me putting putting more of myself in a digital space, maybe someone that wrestles, that almost feels like content is a swear word uh, as you were saying <laughs> it. What, what would you say to them, being having gone through that journey yourself and seeing how God has used you, not just on yeah. the stage, in person, on a Sunday morning in a middle school, uh, but in that
0: Facebook public square as you described it? Yeah, so one of the things I think that's actually subversive is our use of social media. Social, the goals, the implicit goals in social media is viral clips, right? And and I do that sometimes. I put up funny stuff and I'm like, oh, this is, it's just purely funny stuff, right? That I hope people share with other people, bring right. some joy and stuff like that. But what we're trying to do the subversive is not go viral. We're trying to create community among a specific group of people. And so when we, um, like when we're developing our uh, strategy for that it really is like I'm going to jump all the way back to where you're talking about like using my time and stuff yes. like that it, it's so important that we don't create a just a relationship with James but a relationship within the community of the church and so there's there's one like there's a level of engagement where people are commenting back about what James is talking about and then there's a secondary level of come of engagement where they're commenting to each other Correct. in the comment section, right? Uh, to the point that when we started, we started having some outdoor gatherings in the summer. There were people who are there in person who were on their phones because they wanted to be able to engage in the chat, <laughs> right? Like, that is fantastic. It, that goes back hilarious. to an episode we recorded with Nico Vie called Second Screen,
1: uh, yeah. where people are literally watching together, but they're more interested in interacting while they're yeah. watching on their second screen, which is the phone. That's very cool.
0: Yeah, and we were like we told them they're kind of like a studio audience What we were doing was still for an online audience. Like we, I preached to the camera, you know, that, that, but, right. Just, can you
1: let, I need to stay there for a second because there's yeah. there's churches with all the resources in the world that do not understand what you just said. Um, And I, I, And I'm curious, this is going to naturally speed the conversation up because Mm -hmm. I'm curious when it is okay. Well, I'm skipping a big part that we want to celebrate (laughs) on this podcast as well. But um, I I just, that, can we just spend a little bit more time talking about what you said about how, even though there was people there, you still decided and you preemptively did the work of letting them know this Mm -hmm. is still for the people on the other side of the lens. Why did you make that decision? And how are you going to implement that going forward?
0: Yeah, this is a hard one, because when I've noticed a lot of churches at this point in our area are doing is, is an implicit um, prioritization of in-person, where they're saying, we have these two in-person churches, services, and we have this one that's online, and the one that's online, frankly, isn't as good, right? Like maybe they have well, a full band for in-person, but online it's just a guitar player and, and a preach, you know, that kind of thing. And that doesn't what that is, is content. And what we were in my evaluation, and what we were trying to do is create community. Mm -hmm. And at that time in the pandemic, there was still a lot of people for whom it wasn't safe to gather together. And so we wanted to create that experience. The advantage of being together is being able to sing to each other. Theologically, we're, we're actually instructed in the New Testament to sing to one another right and there's an encouragement in our souls from singing to one another that's undeniable right and you don't get that online right but uh, when we were together we let them know and we and we communicated this that this is the design of what's going on because we're trying to uh, take care of the most vulnerable and as a church that's what it is to be loving right so even now, as we're doing, we have in a limited in-person uh, audience right now. But what we've done is merge together the online and the in-person experience to the point where, like our, uh, we've experimented with this and made changes even in the last months since we've been doing this. But we do like a welcome to church element. right? I call it the LJ and Aaron show because it's nice. Aaron, uh, the new Aaron at our yes. church, and, and Aaron, my son, Aaron, LJ. me got replaced by another Aaron, a new Aaron. At, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There you go. So we, uh, so we, they do a little recorded bit and we actually play that online, but we play it in person as well. So people watching a video screen, getting the same experience and that takes some coordination, obviously, but our tech people have the freedom to create that. I said, I, th- it was their idea, you yeah. know, and I was like, if you can pull this off, pull it off. And then we tried other things and it didn't work as well. So we nixed that stuff and we just experiment with it. And we give them, like I said, that freedom to do that. But even in, so in person now, then I was like preaching directly face on with the camera and they just happen to be there. Now I'm treating the uh, gathered people as one part of the audience. And so I'm intentionally, I know where the camera is and I intentionally spend time staring into the camera. I have conversations with the camera operator about uh, how, what, how to film it so that it feels more engaged, you know, and so does the people that are in charge of that, you know, like it's not me, i'm not the expert but yes um so that's kind of where we're at is we're trying to create uh, the feeling for people of community and that and and we've actually noticed that one of the things people talk about because we're a smaller church where people know each other yes and so they are trying to guess who they see silhouetted in the audience because they want to be together totally so it's like we try to create that a little more But But it's
1: all engagement and it's all community and you're just fully leaning into that exactly where you are at the size that you are, Uh, not number chasing, not anything like that, but really creating that experience where anybody in the community uh, would feel comfortable checking that out and frankly, would have the opportunity to check it out because uh, they might not be knocking on your door. And that ha- that's not a COVID thing. That's been a long time thing of, sure. I'd rather not go to a church because that's risky. Uh, I'd rather see it uh, somewhere else first. Um, yeah, without a doubt. And so, uh, but- you guys are meeting again in person and you have the luxury of doing that because you have to be the only church only one. in, in the whole coronavirus season uh, that yes. has bought a building. You guys bought a building and that is uh, worth celebrating. Yeah. So I, I am curious. I want to
0: celebrate that, but I'm also, why did you buy a building? This is insane, isn't it? Um, so uh, we've been exploring things as a church. We're uh, 11 or 12 years old now as a church, and we've always met in the same middle school for 10 or 11 years. Well, and well i guess 10 and a half years before the pandemic hit we took a couple summers off when they were doing construction and stuff like that Met at the boys and girls club met outdoors um, but which is risky in oregon <laughs> so, yes so we actually uh, a theater down we we actually almost did a church merger the year before and it didn't go through uh, with a, one of the smaller congregations in our denomination and then this building came up for sale and we put an offer in it without going into details. Uh, it, there's a series of miracles that you can track wow. through where you're like, well, how did this happen? You know? And so we ended up buying a historic theater downtown in Albany uh, where everybody knows where it is. If you grew up here, you went, there. well, here's the funny thing. If you grew up here uh, younger than like 20 years old, you went there.
1: Yes.
0: But in the last 15 years, a church has owned it and it stopped being a cultural center. So young teenagers today don't have an experience of going into this building. And they're the first generation since 1913 that hasn't gone to this building for movies and shows and stuff like that. And so we actually, our church has a dream of bringing like people into that building for the services, but also to be a participator yes. in our community. So uh, we're trying to, rebuild that kind of art scene and be a part of rebuilding that art scene in our community but yeah we bought a building and who does that that's ridiculous yes uh, without a doubt i we've said that we think god is uh on mission to make fun of us yes. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> for sure but uh yeah we ended up so we switched we were outside in the summer this is what's amazing we did our our garage in the back we yep. switched to outside Then we switched to what we called the studio, which was really an unheated upstairs of a barn. (laughs) We called it the studio. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, it started getting so cold in the studio right before, like we were trying to heat it and it's next to impossible. And then, uh, which, you know, in a barn, obviously. And then we uh, had in-person Christmas Eve services at our building, you know, and uh, like it's insane. Yes. So, So in person,
1: uh, and you have a building now. And so now it kind of lends itself. Like there's a whole strategy that's going around. I've watched some of the Instagram videos. You guys are renovating yeah. it a little bit and doing these things. Yeah. So, but moving forward, now that there's this new tapped understanding of how community, and you've spent a whole year investing in how to do this online, right. what, um, with, with the, Limited scope. I like how you put that. There's some churches that have a broad scope because they have broad resources with a church that has to um, pick and choose the ministry impact that they want to have. um, What, how are you going to like implement? online this mixture of a brand new building as well as online i'm assuming this is this sure. question i haven't asked you this yet uh i'm assuming that the answer is we're just going to drop online i'm assuming it's not that um maybe <laughs> yeah. it is which would make for a really great podcast uh, and you, the listeners may never hear it but i, I i'm assuming that it's not that um, because i think we're entering into a brand new season like the world has been fundamentally changed and i think uh god has been teaching a lot of church leaders that there's uh, another way to do ministry uh that can make what they were doing before amplified which is ultimately the goal of this podcast to help you amplify your ministry online using social media and everything else that comes along with it how is the grove uh and this is probably how we'll kind of wrap this up going to continue celebrating a brand new building so celebrating the physical expression of the church together while also continuing to minister online
0: yeah I th- part of what informs me in this area is there was an interview that uh are we allowed to name draft here that I, yes. I heard from rick warren yes who uh, i <laughs> once was on a conference call with so there you go. basically friends <laughs> but, yeah there so, you go. but he talked about how a lot of churches their main goal was to get back in person because that was their only purpose in existence, is gathering as this group. And our church has intentionally taken weeks off, like had no church or done service projects. A lot of churches are doing this now, but uh, where we've just been like, hey, we're shut down because we're not, this isn't who we are, just gathering together. And so we have other purposes that exist, right? So for us, success isn't being together in a room, or even being together to broadcast online, yes. success is when we are uh, missionally being the body of Christ in our community, in our relationships, in our workplace, in our families, right, in our schools. And so, when we are gathering back together, we're actually it's, um, it's almost like embarrassing for churches that have had buildings and full access to the internet that they weren't doing anything, and right. and it just to me it's like there are. Thousands of people. I drive to church on Sunday mornings and there's people jogging, there's people riding their bikes, there's people walking the stroller and the dog with no guilt, no sense of where, what would a person be doing on a Sunday morning? They have two days off. And so when, when those people are sitting on their couch at home, they aren't going to think, you know what, I should do, get up and drive to a random building where people dress weird and they sing songs like karaoke songs I don't know right they're like that's not thinking but they are scrolling facebook they are scrolling instagram so what if we created a community space there and so we've continued to develop that and we have part of our design and our remodeling is having uh recording uh spaces right and probably not we don't have a big enough building to have like a recording studio but when we build our spaces how do we make sure that that's a usable space for this thing right and how do we use this corner to film videos and how do we do those kinds of things plus we're going to permanently wire in cameras where now if for anyone if we're doing an event that's we're ready for it if another organization rents our space we're ready for it those kinds of things right so that we can play a part in that. So we're not going to ever play the game where we're trying to, well, I'm not saying, we don't feel called at this point to yes. play the game where we're trying to increase our views or increase our, yeah. our reach. We have people from, well, we've had people from Belize, people from Puerto Rico, people from Canada, checking out our stream, Yes. but all three are relationally connected, yes. right? We have friends there and family members there. And so that's really what we're trying to do is is create a space that people feel like they can invite their friends to, and uh, honor people's relationships that way. So that's the same thing for online for us. And it's yes. it's not just going to be streaming. People in our church have already said, "Hey, when pandemic's over, can we keep doing lunchtime live?" Because it gives me, it just gives me a recentering and a and a connection point in the middle yes. of the day. And and you can imagine if you work in a completely uh, unbelieving space where yes. you feel like you're the only believer there, and I know in a lot of parts of the country that might not be true for people, but up here in the Pacific Northwest, that's true all the time. That's and so you're there all day with no other believers; it can feel pretty isolated. That's right. And then we have this lunchtime live where other people are commenting and you're having a conversation. It's uplifting, you know. So you'll and continue to do lunchtime lives. We will. So that's awesome. It's really been weird though because I have lunch appointments now because that's when people aren't working. <laughs> right. so, I've, I've either been late or I've missed them or right. I do them 10 minutes early, but, but I have one guy I meet with and we meet at 12, 10. Nice. <laughs> like, that's when I, I'm I have available. to do this five minute, <laughs> 10 minute thing first yeah. before we meet. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's great. Uh, well, James, I just, I thank you uh, for, first and foremost for getting me into ministry. I can't uh, celebrate this enough that I, uh, you raised, you raised somebody who wasn't even going to enter this game. Uh, You got them into the game and then you got the, you got them promoted. uh, I don't even like using the word promoted. Uh, You found it. God found a whole nother seat uh, because I had a completely different view on what my life could be. Uh, So I want to thank you publicly for that. Uh, Thank you for your time sharing and encouraging church leaders who uh, are still, I just can't, this is what I can't say enough. Nobody's figured this out. Like nobody is, If somebody's ahead, it's by a few steps. It's not by people who have been doing this for 10, 15 years. I mean, I think about conversations I've had with Jay Cranda, a previous host of this podcast. He's been doing this at Saddleback with Rick Warren. He probably didn't just hop on a conference call with Rick Warren like you and I have, Um, uh, but Jay has been doing this for 15 years and there's things that he and Saddleback are refiguring out in this season. And so It just can't express enough that nobody's ahead in this. It takes all of us to continue to have these conversations and figure it out. So James, I thank you for sharing your context. I know that it's encouraging uh, for a handful, if not all of our listeners uh, who are in a very similar context to the Grove. uh, And maybe even in the Pacific Northwest where ministry does look a little bit different than uh, other parts of the world, but uh, yeah, it where can people connect with you if they want to find the girl find you. I know you don't yeah. want to uh, plug your stuff. But uh, if they want to maybe see how a lunchtime live goes, or if they want to connect with you the best spot to do that is where
0: I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash james.carmichael.space.explorer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also on Instagram and Twitter as Jimmy future because because
1: okay because of the audience that's listening to this can you just quickly and this might just be for me so thank you for our listeners bearing with can you just explain to everybody why your facebook
0: uh handle or your facebook url is that way you only got one shot and a long time ago you could pick it right and i was like what if i ever go to space i'm gonna want this james carmichael space explorer You're like that's you and you only get one shot at that and you don't want to be known for like once i go to space i don't want to be known for anything else yes and so that's kind of my i'm staying in my lane and just you know also it's ridiculous and that's my uh that's my mo
1: that's that's your mo (laughs) on social media that's right so a pastor that
0: has thought uh the
1: ridiculous nature of social media for the longest time is now seeing lives uh come to know jesus through this season of doing uh doing it online um So yeah, connect with James. Everything like that is in the show notes. Uh, As we wrap up, I would love it if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, rate it and review it. It really helps these encouraging conversations. Uh, Apple and all the other podcast providers do the heavy lifting of spreading these good conversations to other people who need the encouragement. And uh, until next time, everybody, my name is Aaron and this is the Social Media Church Podcast.